The Evolution Channel is sponsored by Eternal Gold Beauty, the most advanced skincare line in the world. Awaken your skin to aging in reverse at eternalgoldbeauty.com today. You're listening to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know, with Judy Anderson. Greetings, animal lovers. Welcome to Talk Animal, what animals want you to know. This is your host, Judy Anderson, along with my in-training co-host, Ariel, my precious little Westie. Cat nutrition, that's our topic for today. And to all the people who have other animals and not cats, I'm quite sure that you'll learn a lot today that could apply to your particular animals. As I'm sure many of you know, nutrition is so very important in one's life. It supports you in having life. It supports a healthy body and mind. The same holds true for our wonderful animals. Nutrition is so important and it's an industry where the regulations are a bit lax. We as pet parents need to be wise about what we feed our animals. Today, I'm so thrilled to have an expert on cat nutrition, Dr. Jean Hovey. She has more than 20 years' experience in integrative veterinary medicine, and she's intensively studied and researched pet nutrition and the pet food industry since the early 1900s. (laughs) I mean, not 1900s, 1990s. (laughs) That'd make her a little old. <laughs> she's been interviewed for print, radio, TV around the world, and she's she's an advisor to AFCO, AAFCO, the organization that sets standards for pet food production. So she's a holistic veterinarian who's truly holistic. I've known Jean for many years, and she's the real deal. So I'm so happy to have her with us today. Welcome, Jean. Hi, Judy. Good to be with you. I know cat nutrition is so dear to your heart. Now, what started you on the path of gaining so much knowledge about cat nutrition? Well, I was in my junior year of veterinary school, and there was a weekend workshop on veterinary homeopathy that I skipped Friday classes and took the workshop. (laughs) And even though it was on homeopathy and taught by the inimitable Dr. Christina Schombro, she talked a lot about nutrition because without good nutrition, homeopathy can't work. Herbs can't work. Nothing can help your animal if the nutritional plane is not adequate. So, of course, that ruined me for vet school because then every client that came in, I asked about nutrition. But you know what? Nutrition wasn't even on the questionnaire that our that the students were supposed to ask. So I started asking, and it was really amazing. And then when I got out in practice, nutrition was a big, big part of practice. I could I could heal most. I was in a cat clinic. I could take care of most things by either subcutaneous fluids or getting them on a better food. You know, it was it was. That is so fundamental, you can't even talk about other ways to cure things until you have the nutrition nailed down. Uh, yeah, that's great. You really learn from first-hand experience. So that's wonderful, Jean. That's why you're so into it. So now we're going to be taking a quick break. But, Jean, would you please give everyone your website address? It's littlebigcat.com. 
And for you oldies out there, there was a Dustin Hoffman movie called Little Big Cat. I mean, oh. Little Big Man. This is Little Big Cat because there's a big cat in every little cat. So littlebigcat.com. Oh, very good. Very good. And I want to remind everyone that you'll find some wonderful specials and resources at talkanimal.net. And if you want to become the person that your animal knows you are, go to Jazz of Your Life with Judy. And there you'll be able to join our family and actually ask questions of our speakers. It's and experience processes by them. So, so hang on. We will be right back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. We are back. We are with Dr. Jean Hovey, who is an expert on cat nutrition. So, um, Jean, what kind of food do you find is really best? Say that again, Judy. I said, what kind of food do you find is really best for for cats yes. and for okay. probably all animals? Yes, yes. This, this certainly goes <clears throat> for dogs. That. Um, Wet food is is the best, and cats in particular need more moisture. But most pets in the U.S. eat dry food, kibble food, right. and mm-hmm. there are so many problems with that. Um, one of my professors at that school called dry cat food diabetes in a bag, and oh that my. it is. Yeah, and it's mm. you know if you have big dogs, it's it's hard not to use some kibble, but you know, as as fresh of ingredients as you can get, and for kitty cats, as much protein and moisture as you can get. Those are the keys for the kitty world. But okay. there are many forms of wet food, of course. There's canned food, canned uh, pouches, and there's you can make homemade food, which is great if you have a balanced recipe. If you're into Raw food, which I think is really fabulous. You can get frozen raw food or dehydrated raw food, dehydrated raw food and rehydrated it, but just make sure you're getting lots of moisture into the kitty and really as good a quality of ingredients as you can. Right. And there's more and more of those out there. It's really wonderful. Also, freeze-dried is good, too. I don't think you mentioned that. Don't you freeze yeah. dried? Yes, yeah. there's frozen mm-hmm. there's frozen that comes frozen and then there's freeze dry. Freeze drying actually probably the best option uh, if you get freeze dried raw food because the freeze drying process retains almost all of the nutrients. So it's a very effective way to package food in a small form and then you just rehydrate it for your kitty at home. Right. I know I've been um researching and purchasing different organic raw freeze-dried and also Mm -hmm. rehydrated to see what Oreo likes because with um, Simba, we were going away for five to six weeks and I bought this huge freezer, (laughs) put 50 pounds of ice (laughs) in it, put the the raw food in there. (laughs) I took it. It was, that was a disaster. (laughs) It was 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm researching freeze dried and dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. So um, now with, yeah, with kidneys, of course, you run into a, you run into the problem of how do you get them to eat it? But we'll talk about that in a little while, right? Okay. All right. Great. Yes. Now, so a person when they go to buy food for their cats or the, or the dogs, it applies to out horses, everybody, you know, for themselves too. Labels. Yes. Read the labels. But what kind of things are we? Are there some tricks or some um, things that people put on the labels? I know they they have changed xylitol to another name. There are things like that that you do so you don't catch what's really bad, right? Right. Or what? Right. Well, nobody nobody would be stupid enough to put xylitol in a pet food. That's, right. You know, they do know something. They do know something. But, you know, the label provides some very basic information. Um, and it is regulated to the point where if the flavor of the food is in X color and X uh, font size, then nothing else on the label can be bigger. And there are a lot of rules about that. This is why the industry says, oh, we're regulated to heck. Well, no, really you're not. Um, labels are regulated, and that those labels are about to change. Um, AFCO is the Association of American Feed Control Officials, and they set the standards and, the, you know, the specifications for the labels. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But none of none of the pre-market regulation actually has to do with the the form and function of the food. But there, soon you'll see labels that are more like the human food labels. That's in the works. But still, the name of the food tells you something. Um, the guaranteed ingredient uh, guaranteed analysis tells you something. But maybe mostly important is the ingredient list because that's where you can find out what's actually in the food. Would you explain to everyone what meal is like? Uh... If they say, oh, this is a chicken product, yay, a chicken product, and one of the first things is chicken meal or yes. you know, beef meal. That's, here's, here's the ticket to understanding what goes where, is meals are dried, they're rendered and dried, and they are not used in wet food ever, period. So you will only find meals in dry food. And if you're feeding dry food and, you know, I understand that when you, when you must or if, if your cat or dog is eating dry food now, um, it's hard to transition them. But a meal is, um, a meat meal like chicken meal or turkey meal or pork meal or beef meal. Um, those are all meats that have been cooked and dried and the moisture and the fat have been taken out. So it's really a quite a concentrated source of nutrition. And if the starting product was, was good quality, then the finished product's good quality. Where you get into trouble is when you start talking about byproduct meals. And right. there's a, there's an ingredient called meat and bone meal. It's not meat meal plus bone meal. It's the bottom of the barrel junk ingredient, meat and bone meal. You see a, you see that on a label run the other way, go to the next aisle. You don't want to be near that stuff. But we're, you know, I really want to talk about the wet food um, because 
dry food has the corn gluten meal, has the soybean meal, has the meat and bone meal. Those are all lesser quality. They don't, like the guts of the animal doesn't contain any taurine. So taurine is a big thing for dogs and cats now. Um, you know, they're, they're nutritious to a certain extent. And, you know, if your cat hunts and he's going to eat the mouse, he doesn't, you know, take out the byproducts and throw them away. He eats the whole thing. But when you have a byproduct based food, what cat would eat the byproducts and throw away all the meat? Well, they wouldn't. So byproducts are okay. I don't have a peeve against byproducts per se in say wet food. If, if it's chicken byproducts or something, the, the trick is that meat and byproducts are wet ingredients. They are fresh. They are from the slaughterhouse. Um, you know, freshness is a little bit of an issue with that, but, um, but they're, they're real live things that come right out of the slaughterhouse. The meals go through so much processing. So you want to avoid that. You know, if you, if you see a food and you think, and your cat likes it, you know, my cat likes certain foods that have some byproducts in them. Well, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, but meat should be the primary ingredient. Cats are carnivores and they are obligate carnivores. That means they must get their nutrition from meat and no amount of synthesizing vitamins and other things is going to get you there. So meat should be the first ingredient and it should be a named meat like chicken or turkey um, or something like that. Now in dry foods, in dry foods, there's this thing that is, they all say meat is the number one ingredient. Well, it isn't really meat. It's a slurry that has some meat in it, but you know, they just do that to manipulate the label. Okay. So now what I have heard that sometimes they put dead, well, yeah, of course they're dead, but uh, diseased animals in the, some correct. of the products. Is that right. correct? And the two ingredients, the two ingredients that contain that stuff, the, you know, the roadkill and the, cows that died on the farm last week and have been sitting out in the sun that's where rendering comes in and those the products that come out of that that are the most dangerous are meat and bone meal and animal fat and they usually won't say chicken fat it'll be animal fat because it contains any animal that happens to get mixed up in the in the grinder so i mean there's horses cows there's not really much in the way of restriction of what goes into meat and bone meal. So definitely always stay away from that. But that is, again, that's a problem with the dry food. And if you're eating, um, if you're feeding wet food that says meat byproducts, that meat and meat byproducts can only be from four species. Chicken, no, chicken, cows, goats, sheep, and pigs. Cows, goats, sheep, and pigs for meat and meat byproducts, which are fresh. If it's rendered, that stuff, that goes out the window. So if it's meat and bone meal, it could be from a circus elephant that died on the, you know, on the track, you know, on near. Oh, Oh. it's, yeah, roadkill, anything, anything. It's um, bottom of the barrel. You don't want to get near it. 
Right, and they they are out there. Those those I yes, don't they know are. how they are. I don't know how our animals survive. You know, some of those some of the animals are fed that that food. Yeah, that but just, you know, d- dogs in particular are uh, they're not obligate carnivores. They're facultative carnivores or sort of voluntary carnivores, and they can eat anything and they can survive on anything. They eat scraps. They scavenge. So yeah, I mean, if they came across a uh, you know a deer that that died, they would eat all of those parts, but they wouldn't be they would still be from an, a whole animal. When you get into grinding them up and turning them into powder, you don't know what went in there. You don't know, and the rendering industry is not known for being really upfront about what they do. I'm trying to convince them that they should, but that's a long road. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I, I appreciate you being there, you know, working with them and, and attempting to educate the world about this because the food is so important and all the little kitties yeah. need food. Yeah, really, really. Yeah, or real every- food re- with real meat and, uh, you know, and not all this synthetic junk. Right. And, you know, some people say, well, I can't afford it. The thing is, in a community, oftentimes there are groups that, you know, buy meat together or they, uh, you know, there's like co-ops or something where you can get things for less money. The thing is, you know, with my little Simba, he had the best food forever. I mean, you know, his whole life. And he never had... He, one time he had uh, crystals in his urine. Big deal. It, you know, we gave him this natural thing and it went away. And so, but yeah. he didn't have the thing. The only time he got sick was what, what took him to his next place, which was in divine order. But it's interesting. You can save money and keep your your animals healthy. So you save money that way. You don't have vet bills to, you know, exactly. to pay for. Exactly. I mean, there are so there are so many diseases that are caused by or affected by nutrition. Right. You can you right. can go a long way towards preventing all these diseases, and it's hard to say. Well, you know, I would have saved a thousand dollars to unblock my cat if I would have fed wet food, but not every cat is going to block, and you don't know. It's hard to quantify those savings, but. What you can quantify is the health of your animal. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be happy. They're going to have good coats. They're going to have terrific energy. They're going to be engaged in life. They're going to enjoy their lives. And and, uh, and with junk food, they're going to be more sluggish. Their, their coats are going to suffer, they're, and they're going to be more prone to disease. And there right. is a whole list of diseases that are, you know, that are, um, impacted by diet. I mean, pretty much everything is because, you right. know, inflammation is at the bottom of so many diseases and feeding pro-inflammatory fats like what's in most pet foods, you know, the, the vegetable oils and the soybean oil and all that stuff. Those are all inflammatory. And a lot of the byproducts are more inflammatory than not, you know, so you, you know, you really want to concentrate. Think when you think about a cat. What you want to do is build a better mouse. Oh. And nutritionally, you can do that 
because the the nutrient composition across um, a mouse is similar to canned food. You know, it's got more protein, mm-hmm. a lot of moisture, very few carbs. Cats, cats. Let me clear up one myth: is that cats can't digest carbs? Oh, they digest carbs very well. They digest them, they absorb them, they stick them in the blood, and the blood sticks them in the fat. That's what happens. Mm. So carbohydrates go directly to fat. Cats don't need carbohydrates, neither do humans or dogs, but cats really um, should have a very low-carb diet, like the Catkins diet, we call it. You know, oh, Atkins. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So as, uh-huh. or the alternative now is keto diets. We'll keep, dogs and cats do great on keto diets. So, um, you know, you want to think in terms of the percentages of ingredients and protein and fat should be way up there and and uh carbs not so much they don't need carbs so and the foods that are more along that line are the freeze-dried the raw the frozen the um and a lot of the canned foods that are more appropriate you know 50 percent fat or 50 percent protein 20 or 30 percent fat you know, some vitamins and minerals, and then a tiny bit of carbohydrates because, you know, they would get a little tiny bit of carbohydrates in the form of uh, stored glycogen. Uh, in, if they ate the, a mouse liver, they would get a bunch of glycogen. So, um, but it's still, you know, less than 10% of, a, of the prey animals. So when you're building a better mouse, no, you know, those are the percentages you want to shoot, shoot for. You're not going to see mm-hmm. a, a mouse walking around that's half carbohydrate that's just what happens <laughs> <laughs> oh and they're so cute little mice are so cute <laughs> i know they're adorable and my cat catches them regularly he waits by the wood stove where they come in and he just waits there and then in the morning i see little bodies oh. laid out <laughs> oh my gosh oh yeah she's they, such they're a good so hunter this time <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad inside, but they are so cute, the little mice. So, um, and Jean, you know, some of the diseases, what are the most prevalent diseases? Would kidney kidney disease and cancer rate at the top? They are, kidney disease and cancer certainly highly related to nutrition. And um, the, the ones I would say, first of all, uh, are the urinary tract, so that includes kidney disease. But urinary tract problems, it affects about 3% of cats, males and females equally. But if your cat has that, it's a big, big problem. And the disease name has changed so many times. Now, right now it's uh, LUTS, Lower Urinary Tract Syndrome. So, but it, oh. you know, last week it was, last week it was fluty, next week, who knows. But any of the lower urinary tract, the bladder inflammations, those are highly related to dry food and to stress. So you, if you oh. have your cat on an all wet diet, I have, I have seen in almost 30 years, uh, I have seen one cat eating a wet food diet that got a urinary tract problem. So that was more genetically Um, related. But they all are eating dry mm -hmm. food, and dry food um, concentrates the urine so that the little components of crystals and stones, you know, think about a bucket of water. 
and then you have a bunch of little things floating around in it, you know, little little mm-hmm. minerals. If the water bucket is full and you dump in the minerals, the, you know, a cup of minerals in a bucket of water, that's not a problem. But when you feed dry food, now your bucket gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Now you dump in a cup of minerals, and now they're going to bump into each other, and they're going to stick, and they're going to cause – they're going to get together in clumps, and they're going to irritate the bladder wall and cause a lot of mucus, and that all sticks it together, and and it starts forming crystals and stones. If you've got a boy cat, now you have a plug, a urethral plug, uh, and now your cat can't pee, and that is a thousand dollar emergency. Oh my! So Ooh, the way yeah. to prevent it is keep lots of fluids running through your cat, and dry food is the exact wrong way to do that. You want wet food. Uh, there's been a couple studies done now that shows that cats, you know, if you have a cat on dry food, you will notice that he drinks quite a bit of water out of his water bowl, right? When you feed wet food, they drink less free water, but they're getting so much moisture in the food. And the and tests show that cats that eat canned food take in twice as much water as a cat on dry food that you see at the world. Mm. They're getting twice as much moisture wow. just with the wet food. So that is how you flush the bladder and keep those little minerals from bumping into each other is you make it dilute like a big bucket of water. I even add a little water to to Perry's food. You know, okay. he has had one ep- he's had one episode of that, which resolved really quickly. Um, he was a street cat. He's, uh, you know, he likes he likes the wet food, dry food if you're gonna have it. And now, one thing I will say about dry food and dry treats like greenies and things, um, it's good to have your cat willing to eat all that stuff. I live in the mountains of Colorado, and we get things called blizzards. In the last two years, we <laughs> yeah. got 28 inches of snow, 28 inches. I have a 50-foot path, downhill dirt path to my car. You know how long it took me to get to my car? So <laughs> should, I have, should I have been stupid enough not to stock up ahead? You know, dry food may have been all that I could offer him, you know, because if we ran out of cat food... You know, it's good to be flexible, nutritionally flexible, metabolically flexible, so they can tolerate all kinds of foods. And if you feed them all kinds of different foods from kittenhood, and that's different flavors, different brands, different forms, you know, they're going to be willing to to try anything, and that's going to be a metabolically healthier cat. But what you want their basic diet to be is a meat-based wet food of some kind. And whether that's homemade or... Or, de- or rehydrate it um, raw or whatever. You just the moisture is so important. You told me okay. that years ago, Jean, uh, about the cats, cats and kidney disease. I don't know how many yeah. times I have told people exact. I know this holistic veterinarian, and she says, and I would tell them what you said because it gave credibility to what I was saying. And you said, you know, yeah. they've got to. Get on this wet food so much better for the yeah. cats. So yes, yes, yes. and, and now, yes. if they actually, if they develop kidney disease, the first thing the vet's going to do is put them on a low protein dry food. Don't fall for it, people. Just don't do that. 
you know, it's, uh, you know, I have a, I have an ebook called what cats should eat on Amazon and it talks about all this stuff in it. Um, you know, it talks about why the dry food is a problem for kidneys and bladder and why, you know, the ex- several of the experts I know say feed canned food lifelong or, but they say sometimes say until they get kidney disease. Um, and then you need to feed low protein food. Well, that isn't even true. Um, you need to feed low phosphorus food. And my friend, Dr. Lisa Pearson at catinfo.org, catinfo.org, she has charts and you can sort the charts by how much protein, how much phosphorus. And you look at the bottom, you, you know, for the lowest phosphorus foods, because there's plenty of low phosphorus commercial cat foods out there. And, um, you know, but it, it runs from maybe 200 milligrams to 800 milligrams. Well, you know, the high phosphorus is just stay away from them for cats. Don't ever feed them because phosphorus, excess phosphorus, there's been studies now, shows excess phosphorus will cause kidney disease in healthy cats. So that's a real ticket. And, um, you know, mm. so there's so I Judy, there's so much to learn and I could talk for days, but I'm sure we have other questions, but, um, that, that's the, uh, that's the thing with the urinary tract is flush, 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 keep it moist. Very good. Yes. Because that's, I've heard a lot about kidney disease with cats. So yes. Yeah, very common. No. Yes. The, so, the other, um, go ahead. The other really common disease, as my professor said, diabetes in a bag. Diabetes, really common in cats. I've seen it in a skinny cat twice in my entire career. And both of them had had emotional trauma, um, you know, that just put them into a, a altered state, we could say. But um, really? it, yeah, it's, it's overweight cats that get diabetes. It's cats that eat tons of carbs that get diabetes, just like people. Um, the calories in, calories out thing, that's not even correct. That's that's not the way to look at the system. The way to look at the system is the hormones and the nutrient content and carbohydrates turn to fat. Fat cats get diabetes. You can pretty much draw a straight line there. Oh boy, yeah, poor kitties. Yes. So now, if but it's, if your cat is diagnosed diabetic, put on canned food, you can reverse it. You know, yes, high protein reverses reverses diabetes. Yeah, and and you know, if your vet says do this, you know, I see this on Facebook. People say, Well my vet told me to give it this you know, this um collar, flea collar, and I put it on and oh. now my dog says seizures and stuff. And you know, but my vet told me, you know, people we have to educate ourselves because sometimes yes, the vet tells the vet- you the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, because veterinarians get their continuing education on cats from the drug reps and the food reps. I mean, you know, most oh. of their nutritional education is coming from hills. So is that who Ooh. you want to believe what to feed your animal? No, they're in business to sell a lot of food. They're not going to, they don't care, you know. They don't care about, oh, well, your cat's got diabetes now because he ate my food, all, your, their food all, all their life. Well, you know, well, we have a food to fix that. 
yeah, so right. just change to this more exp- change to this more expensive it's food. Be all right. Oh my yeah. God. Oh. Yeah. Let me tell yeah, you, I my know. education, my entire four years of vet school, I had two hours on dog and cat nutrition. It was taught by a guy from Hills. And he said, oh. A is for anorexia, B is for brain, C is for cystitis, K is for kidneys. Any questions? That was our entire education. That was so our I entire really want- education on the. So, so right. that's what vet students are taught. And they don't, you know, I was an exception. I got really interested in nutrition and I studied it and I thought, holy guacamole, Batman, this is bad news. I tell you, I started feeding my cats better. And as I did that, I started feeding myself better. And guess what? We all felt better. Yes, yes. So I want everyone to feel empowered to get, you know, to research and to be able to say no to people who you think are supposed to know. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. it's okay. Well, veterin- veterinarians, can- veterinarians are busy and they don't have time to research this stuff. They get their information from the Hills rep and the Purina rep. And those guys are just going to come in and say, oh, we have a new food for this and a new food for that. And they're just going to do it because it's to do the independent research would take time and they don't have it. So you can't blame them, but veterinarians don't know very much about nutrition. They really don't. And there are the exceptions. There are people who do go like Jean and they do study and they do more, you know, they know more. And so seek those people off out. Yes. And if there's none in your area, if there's none in their, your area, you can educate yourself and, you know, go to a good medical doctor. Uh, that's what I like to do. Go to a good medical veterinarian and then I treat it holistically. And the thing right. is, yeah. So, um, yeah. Now, and, and there know, are, there are many vets in, on the holistic side. There are many vets who are very cognizant and educated on nutrition. And they, a lot of them will do phone consults. You go to avma.org, A-H-V-M-A.org, and there's lists of, um, of practitioners. And you can find somebody near you possibly or even at a distance. They will all insist on you having a regular medical vet because, you know, the holistic guys aren't going to be drawing blood and running tests and stuff. So you need a partnership, but you need the holistic input into how you're dealing with your pets. Right. That's what I, yeah, that's what I've done. And two, there are, there are vets that do consultations and, um, energy healing, you know, around the world, yes. energy goes around yes. the world. So now if you have been in tune with us, you know that, or you'll hear more about that. So, um, there's lots of possibilities today. So, so Jean, yeah. then we're talking about a lot of people feed this dry food, this dead, dead dry food, dead dry. Okay. Yeah. To kill them many to times over. Pardon? It's killed when many times say? over the heat. It's killed many times oh. over dry food. Right. It's heat processed with high heat. Four different times. So everything in it is totally dead. 
Oh, boy. Yes. So how do we switch? You say that, see, I have never had a cat, but I know they're very particular. <laughs> they're wonderful. Oh, they beings. are very particular. Yes. So how do and you switch, I, switch them over from having this maybe sugar-filled <laughs> kibble <laughs> to yeah. a healthy... Well, it's not, it's not sugar diet. per se, but it's starch. And starch okay. turns to sugar immediately, immediately when it hits the gut. All uh-huh. that carb turns to sugar and gets sent out in the bloodstream and packed away as fat. That's what happens to carbs. So, yes, now cats are very, very difficult, especially dry food addicts that have never had anything else. You put down canned food in front of them and they don't even recognize it as food. They're going to, they're going to be, you know, like, crossing themselves as if you just laid a vampire in their bowl. Um, uh, it's it's very hard. Now, some cats will take to it, um, but other cats need a slow transition. And when I say a slow transition, cats are so picky. And my cat spirit was the worst cat ever for food. She had, my other cat ate raw food. She had that raw food sitting there available to her for three years before she took a bite. Oh, my goodness. If you've been trying to transition your cat for two weeks and you haven't got it done, be prepared for the long haul. I'm going to say cats could take months. They could take months. You have to out-sneaky a cat, and you know how sneaky cats are. So, you know, first you you put a little dollop of wet food on top of their dry food. They're going to eat right. around it. But at least they smelled it. They looked at it. They said, hmm, that's weird. You know, but it's very slow and sneaky. But the first thing you got to do is feed in timed meals. Because cats that have food available 24-7, they're never going to be interested in anything else. So we have to get their systems balance because it's not normal for a cat to be a grazer. Yes, you'll hear that cats will kill eight or nine mice in the wild to stay alive, and they will. Um, But that, you know, when they don't have to hunt and they don't have to do all this stuff, they're not getting the exercise, they're not getting the mental stimulation, so we have to recreate, build a better mouse. You know, that's so we have to um, make it so that they have to wait or do something for their supper and, uh, you know, not just be, have food at their beck and call. That's just not normal for cats and, and cats in a lab will eat 20 times a day. Well, no, no, no cat's going to do that. So it's converting them to the meal feeding. Then when you get to the next meal, they're going to be hungry and they're going to be more willing to have an open mind, shall we say, about <laughs> trying something new. Now, in my ebook and on my website, there are articles on switching foods for cats. It's every trick I've ever heard. Uh, you can put the wet food down and crush the dry food and sprinkle it on like a topping, you know, so it smells a little less strange. You can warm up the wet food. Some cats are really keen on that because, remember, a mouse is at body temperature, 100 degrees. Uh, you can use toppers. I um, I think Purina has come out with new toppers and oh, they're just no. gravy. They're just I'm gravy. sure there are toppers that are healthy. 
I'm sure they're but horrible, let, but but yeah. for, when you're trying to transition, there are many, many, many tools, and you just have to find what works for your cat and be prepared for it to take weeks, if not months. So don't fret if it's you know if you've been trying for a month. That's just sort of what's going to happen. You know, some cats will be more amenable, but some cats are really, really tough. And I've, I, I, uh, but I have only known one cat. And that was Jackson Galaxy's cat, Benny, who would never eat any kind of wet food. He ate dry food his whole life. He could not be transitioned. He is the exception that proves the rule. I have not seen any other cats in my career that could not be transitioned. And I've been a vet since I've graduated in 1994, a long time. (laughs) Yes. Oh, boy. So, yeah, that transitioning. So it's like us going from, oh, my gosh, whole wheat bread with a glass of milk <laughs> to something that's healthy. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, want to I mean, name any uh, but junk food, uh, fast food to, you know, really taking time to making a salad and having, uh, you know, salmon or something if you're not a vegetarian. Fresh, yes, so, fresh food. Yeah. Low yeah, on fresh. the food chain, you know, fresh and, uh, you know, so start with, uh, you know, a little deli turkey mixed in or something like that. I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of tricks, but just be patient and be persistent because it can be done. It can always be done. <laughs> Even with your cat that may not, <laughs> may yeah. not if, want to. Like, like I said, spirit took three years to transition to raw. Once she did, once she lowered her standards enough to take a bite, she was like, oh, is this what I've been missing? More. Give me more. Oh, like, really? Oh, like, my God. It was like flipping a switch for this cat. So just wait for it. You know, wait for it. Like, you know, you see YouTube videos and say wait for the end. Wait for your cat to try the new food because well, they will what? like it. What about, had you ever tried hold, taking some of the wet and holding it up to her mouth? I've done that with Ariel. Have you yes. done that? Did you yes. do that and she still wouldn't take it? She still she, wouldn't take it. Interesting. No, because it was a point of principle with her. She had principle. Oh. And part of her principles oh. were, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want and I don't care what you say. So, but it took, she sat there next to Chinook and watched Chinook scarf down that wet food, that raw food for three years. And then one day she said, oh, what have you got in your bowl? Oh my God, this is great. You know, (laughs) but stubborn, I mean, I'm Norwegian, Judy, and I am stubborn, hard-headed Norwegian. I couldn't hold a candle to that cat. <laughs> they say they reflect their owners. <laughs> she, yes, yes. And she out-stubborned me. And that was a feat. But we did finally come to an accommodation. She was 15 years old before she went on that food. She lived another five years. Until 20. So, that's you know, good. She yeah. was over 20. She was almost 20 and a half when, when she died. And 
you know, changing foods. She started running up and down the stairs like a kitten. She would, she would throw toys in the air and pounce on them. When she got the right nutrition, she turned into a freaking kitten at the age of 15. She got a whole new life. So it is worth doing. Yes, it is worth doing for your animals and for yourself too. How you'll yeah, feel so yeah. different if you, you know, really research for yourself and ingest good food for yourself yeah. and for yeah. your animals. I mean, dry food. <laughs> yeah, dry food. I call it the Frito Twinkie diet because that's what it is. It's processed. Oh it's you know, if if you, if someone made complete and balanced Fritos, I would probably try them, you know, but because I love Fritos, but I know that they're not good for me, so I don't eat them, you know. Um, well, with Fritos, you know, I used to like them. Go ahead, Jean. Well, you you know, if I ate Fritos and Twinkies, if they had vitamins and minerals added, I would <laughs> live a while. I would get immensely obese, and then I would die of malnutrition. Because no matter how many synthetic vitamins and things you put in that, it's not nutritious. And the same goes for dry food. They pile all kinds of vitamins and minerals in it, but it's still dead food and it's dehydrating, which is the death knell for cats. Incredibly dehydrating. Causes obesity, diabetes, urinary tract problems, kidney problems, dental disease. Um, Hyperthyroidism is probably linked to dry food upper respiratory infections, and cancer. You know, what I was at Colorado State University when Greg Ogilvie did his studies that found that lymphoma can be reversed with low-carb diets. Oh. And it turns out that really applies to every kind of cancer. Cancer feeds on carbs. Cancer cells cannot use protein and fat. Your cat can. So what do you want to do? You want to starve the cancer cells, get rid of those carbs. That oh, is wow. it's so important. Talk about cancer. It's called a, it's, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, if you want to prevent cancer for your whole pet's life, you know, feed them good food, feed them fresh food, feed them, feed them healthy food, and feed them low, low carbohydrates because carbs are where you know, carbs cause inflammation. Inflammation causes everything else. All the diseases of aging, uh, you know, all the uh, all the allergic diseases, arthritis, you know, the asthma, all of that stuff. I mean, now vaccines play a role in all of that. It's not just food. And, you know, your pet's genetics have an influence on whether or not they get cancer. But you can maximize your pet's chances of a long, healthy life. Don't go with the carby, carby dry food just stay away right so oh my very good Jean yes thank you so very much Uh, we've covered so much I'm sure a lot of people will learn a lot from this show it's really great so I want to remind people again what is your website littlebigcat.com 
littlebigcat.com and you can find out so much information there and when you go on you'll hear something I love that I love the website Jean I loved it oh because it purrs it purrs well you know you give it away (laughs) (laughs) yes and if you just want to cut to the chase on nutrition just my my book is on Amazon what cats should eat very easy to remember but um, you know you can get Everything we talked about today and more. Oh, so um, much you more. Know, really a, detailed, nitty gritty stuff. 181 pages, I think. It's a long, long book. So you, there oh, is. Oh, yeah, so plus the 38. It's, it, 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 there's 38 pages of references. So, you know, I'm a science wow. geek. I back up what I say. Okay, fantastic. So, um, so yeah, you'll get I mean, the 200 pages of information so for every cat cat mommy and daddy you know that's pet cat parents is it's a book to you know the um cat nutrition bible <laughs> so yeah yeah i appreciated you coming on so very very much please do go to her website she, Get her book, look at it, read it, really get what how you can support your little kitties and your big kitties and even the ones who are 15 years old and don't want to switch. You know, they can have a wonderful life uh, by switching. They can have a new lease on life. Yeah, a totally yes. new lease yeah. on life. Really, really. So they can. So be sure, please, to check that out. I also want to remind you that, you know, at TalkAnimal.net, we have some wonderful specials and resources for you that can be very, very valuable to your animals. And um, like I said, if you want to become the person that your animal knows you are, they think so much of us. They think we're wonderful. <laughs> Just go to jazzofyourlifewithjudy.com and you can join the family. And when I have wonderful speakers that are talking about how to raise your frequency and improve your life, you can interact with them. So that's it, Jazz Up Your Life with Judy. So, Jean, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you for listening. And stay in touch. We'll be back with even more later. So thank you. Much blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.